This reading of Dr. John Ferguson Smith's First World War Diary is sponsored by Objective Analysis of Oxford. It is read by his grandson Rory MacLeod. The sound engineer is his great-grandson Henry MacLeod. The War Diary of Dr. John Ferguson Smith, 1914 to 1915, Part 1. John Ferguson Smith was 26 years old when war broke out. He trained as a doctor in Glasgow and went round the world as a ship's doctor in 1913. He volunteered for active service when war broke out in August 1914. He spoke some French and German. The diary begins nine weeks later, when he is in uniform, attached to a hospital unit, waiting at Southampton to sail to Antwerp, where British troops were under siege. Southampton, October the 9th, 1914. I embarked on the SS Palm Branch at 2pm. With us in the 14th General Hospital is the 14th Stationary Hospital. There are 20 of us, a colonel, two majors, one captain and 16 lieutenants. We sailed about midnight. I slept on deck. October the 10th. Very cold in the early morning, with a strong wind. Off Junjaness we met the pilot, who told us to go back to Dover for orders, as Antwerp had fallen. We lay off Dover till dark and crossed to Ostend. The arrangements on board are poor. The wet night induces the colonel to have one side of the saloon screened off for nurse's use, leaving the remainder to us. I fixed myself up on a table, the settle already having two occupants. I had a good night. October the 11th, Sunday. We are lying at a wharf in Ostend Harbour. The weather is glorious. About 9am, while waiting for breakfast, the nurses having theirs first, I heard a loud report, about 300 yards distant. I heard later that a German Tauber aeroplane had dropped a bomb. No damage was done. I walked on the quay where British and Belgian troops were encamped. I saw the Belgian army, foot, horse and guns, retreating from Antwerp all day. They were passing across the big bridge. They seemed absolutely done up. About 1pm, another Tauber sailed over the station and docks at a great height and dropped three bombs. One fell beside the bridge, 
leaving a large hole in the ground, and another on the wharf, about a hundred yards from us. No damage was done. I spoke to wounded marines of the Royal Naval Regiment on a hospital ship, who blamed the Admiralty for sending them to Antwerp without guns. On the way back they met the guns, which should have accompanied them. They retreated thirty miles in one night. All who fell out were captured. Two thousand crossed into Dutch territory and were interned. I explored the town in the afternoon. I had coffee and cakes, for which payment was refused. October the 11th. We are expecting orders to sail. Owing to the fact that the fall of Antwerp has upset our plans, our division, the 7th, has no base. I only walked on the wharf during the morning. We sailed for Dunkirk. At Dunkirk we were stopped by a torpedo boat and finally sent to Boulogne. October the 12th. No use for us in Boulogne, so we sailed in the morning without having landed and arrived at Calais. I explored the town. No orders. October the 13th. We have orders to disembark and occupy a curious hotel. I explored the town while the stuff was being landed. At night, we had orders to cease unloading and await further orders. October the 14th. Today we were ordered to depart by the Governor of Calais. We appealed by wire to General Joffre without effect. We got the goods on board again. Later we got fresh orders to stand by. I was sent on board the hospital ship St. Petersburg to dress 400 wounded. These were very cheerful and report that the Germans have been driven back some miles. One from Azebruck recounts a bayonet charge which carried three lines of German trenches in spite of barbed wire. Captain Clark and Lieutenant Compton have been sent across the channel in charge. October 15th. We are still waiting for orders. I spend a quiet day. I was in the town in the afternoon and evening. I talked with a Belgian soldier who had been several years in America. October 16th. We get orders to sail to Boulogne. We set out at 11.30am but got stuck in a lock owing to lack of water. I had my photo taken in a group with Paris and Baker by a most affable photographer, Monsieur Lefebvre, and afterwards had a long conversation with him and two Belgians of the transport service. I think I saw General Joffre outside a hotel. The Belgian army is making its new headquarters here. The tide having risen, we sailed at 7pm and arrived off Boulogne where we anchored for the night. October 17th. We docked at Boulogne. I saw R.F. Young on the wharf. He is attached to a field squadron of mounted engineers 
and is due to leave for the actual front this afternoon. I am billeted at the Hôtel de Commerce, eight francs a day, which will probably be out of my own pockets. I visited the 13th General Hospital in the casino and met W.S. Martin. There was a rumour that the Germans had broken clean through the British line. I think it probably untrue. The stationary people went under canvas up at Wimille with the rank and file of both hospitals. October the 18th. I visited the camp at Wimille and was official medical officer for the day. A very quiet day. October the 19th. I drilled the men at Wimille. I had some instruction in camp sanitation. I explored the walls of the old town, which are very interesting. October the 20th. More drill and sanitation. And in the afternoon, I visited Wimereux, where we have secured the casino and the Hotel Splendide. October the 21st. I went out to Wimereux. There was news that 250 wounded were expected at 3 p.m. There was feverish activity all morning, clearing rooms of hotel beds, etc. Hardest day's work for years. Later I dressed some wounded. October the 22nd. The bulk of the wounded were dressed. The casino was got into order. October the 23rd. There was a great influx of patients. I have been given the Baccarat Saloon as a ward. Forty beds, seventeen cases medical, which greatly reduces the number of dressings. I have been turned out of my room at the Hôtel Splendide. Paris, Richards and Self have taken a room in the Hôtel de l'Univers, close by. It has three single beds. The place seems clean. The whole ward messes in the Café de la Terrasse. The grub is not bad. The cases are all very well, except Sergeant Hill, whose arm is very swollen and painful. He has a shrapnel wound with an apparent wound of exit, but I suspect that the bullet is still inside. October the 24th. We have orders to send home all cases not likely to be well in three weeks. One case, supposed to be self-inflicted, has been sent to the convalescent camp at Wimille. The men hang about all day. Orders were countermanded at night. I receive a case to bring the number to 40 again. With Brian, I open Hill's arm under chloroform and remove a shrapnel bullet cut in halves. Many new cases arrive, but personally I have no room for more than the one already mentioned.